0: So, welcome to the Food Show, everyone. Uh, Here today is uh, Christopher Thompson. Uh, Hello, Chris. Hello, Andrew. So, I uh, came across your uh, newest recipe, and it has a lot of eclectic stuff in it, and I was wondering, is there a story behind this?
1: Yes, there is. Well, my roommate could not use a rice cooker, so I made him this wonderful recipe called Quill Plant Waffle.
0: Okay, it looks like you have a variety of ingredients here, so uh, let's get started. First, you take a
1: dab of seaweed, mix it with some freshly picked dandelion, and some freshly, freshly rotten eggplant. Pour in some of your all-time favorite ketchup. Mm. Mix in a little bit of quill eggs, because those eggs are good. And put some chili seeds in there. And then shove it all into the waffle iron.
2: Damn it guys, what did I say about using my waffle iron? I use that to iron my clothes. <laughs>
0: Control Structure Episode 19, Quill Plant Waffle, for March 27, 2013, with hosts Andrew Bailey and Christopher Thompson, with guest Kyle Schaplowski. And now, the reason for the zombie outbreak.
1: Mmm, this
0: is really tasty. Mmm, I can really taste that rotten eggplant.
1: Mm. Well, I'm glad you like it.
0: <laughs> so, um, yeah, so, you know, as mentioned, you are Chris, and I'm Andrew. And we also have a guest. Hello.
2: My name is Kyle.
0: That's a good name.
2: Why, thank you.
1: I'm not sure I can pronounce your last name.
2: Yeah, yeah, a lot of people have that issue. Polish, you know, they have crazy last names. Yeah. pronounced Szaplowski. Well, I,
1: I, I work with Indians, so... Oh, that's fair I, enough. So. Give up on the last name. <laughs>
0: Okay, so Mr. Uh, slap the Cow
3: <laughs>
1: Perfect, perfect
2: pronunciation
0: <laughs> So, uh, big week? Big week indeed That's good
1: Why?
2: Uh, it's just been busy at work We've had huge projects going out and everything So I've been working non-stop That's
1: but a good week
2: yeah, you know. I mean, I like I like getting hours making money, you know.
0: Yeah, Always a thinking. wonderful thing. So, ah. Uh, and uh see, my week, uh... It needs to get going, but uh next week I'm off all week. So,
1: congratulations.
2: Very Thanks. exciting. Always nice to have a little bit of vacation.
0: Yes. So yep. uh, And uh I'll be getting my my well, new-to-me car uh, sometime next week after uh, next week's podcast.
2: That's always well, very exciting. What are you getting?
0: I'll be getting my mom's uh, 2006 Impala. Very nice.
1: How much are you buying it for, if you don't mind me asking? 6000 That's not bad. Are your parents going to Hawaii with that money?
0: Uh, No. Uh, they seem to be in the habit of going to Mexico in November. <sighs> at least my mom does. Hmm, cool. Um, with, uh, her not-real money, uh, as dad likes to call it.
1: Not-real money?
0: Yeah, because she doesn't, uh, work real jobs. Um. All under-the-table stuff? Uh, well, up until a few weeks ago, she was working at a big lots. And, uh... Then she's working at a, a massage therapist, you know, like uh, cleaning stuff. So, and uh, apparently she's uh, going to be doing a lot of yard work and stuff and playing in the dirt.
2: It's <laughs> a lot of what my mom does. She has her own little gardening business that she does.
0: Hmm.
1: Cool. My mom plays with horses.
0: So, anyways, uh, you remember that gravity light?
1: I do, and I have a combat item to use after.
0: Really, but uh, so there's an update on uh, you know actually trying a prototype out. Uh, unfortunately, it doesn't seem like uh, they're going they're going to be shipped out to the uh, backers anytime soon. Maybe like maybe another two months or so. But uh, hmm. yeah, looks uh, looks pretty good.
2: It seems like an interesting idea. I'm always for new ways in, of powering lights or objects or whatever.
1: Yep. Mm, Innovative cool.
0: ways of saving energy is nice. So, cool. And I hear you have another interesting light.
1: Yes, I do have one to combat your gravity light. It's called an algae lamp. And per my, per my understanding, it actually uses carbon dioxide to run. And it powers via plants.
2: Yes. The plants glow so, based on all the carbon dioxide and you know correct. essentially saving the environment and providing light at the same So,
1: time. So once these plants start running out of carbon dioxide, then I light think we might match. be I think we might be doing pretty good at that point. Yep. So these things look really, really nice and you can actually go off and buy I'm on the, online to buy some. Really? Like a, like a little kit. Hmm.
2: So you can make your own little algae lights in your own home? Yep. Very nice. So. Mm-hmm. I'm just curious as to how much light they actually produce and whether it's enough to, you know, light your home or a parking structure or anything like that. Or read. Yeah, or read. Like, I mean, it seems a little dim, so I wasn't really sure how effective it would be.
1: Correct, there, but. And- but considering it's at night, so your eyes amplify the light anyways. Uh,
0: and then there was the uh, issue of, like, the maintenance. Like, how often would you need to uh, change the water or something? Correct. So...
1: A little bit of overhead uh, that they
2: need to consider. Okay,
1: let, let, let me read a little bit. Um, lamp consists of algae-filled water along with the light and battery system. During the day, the algae produce energy from sunlight that is then stored in the batteries. Then at night the energy is used to power the light. However, as the algae also produce energy from carbon, sunlight is not required. So actually based off this, it sounds like that they're using the plant to run a battery.
0: Yep. Somehow. Hmm. Um, so so yeah, like there'll be like lights like these kinds of lights everywhere and then there'll be a research uh, study come out that says that uh, ambient green light increases violence or something.
1: <laughs> <laughs> It'll be uh, the reason for the zombie well, outbreak. As, as long as the ants don't come and start attacking,
2: <laughs> we're using their children for light. <laughs> yep, they would be furious.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> so, well, speaking of people who are well, not maybe not not so furious, but uh, rather crazy an Ohio prosecutor indicts Punxsutawney Phil for misrepresentation of early spring.
2: Well, the guy's uh, a lying bastard. He deserves it.
0: Oh, no, I don't know. Not that we would promote such uh, superstitious thinking here on Control Structure.
2: Never. Mm-hmm. Only logical thinking here.
0: Yep. If I, I get they can't...
2: lied to one more time by a groundhog, I swear. <laughs>
1: Who
0: came up with the original thing? Oh, let's believe a groundhog. <laughs> let's see. And in full disclosure, I am from Ohio. and I'm this, sorry. this falls right in. So you have been warned, Kyle. <laughs> but, you know, this guy hmm. does have a point. I'm sort of tired of being frozen by now.
2: I understand. <laughs> uh, I live in Minnesota. So uh, I'm right in the middle of the frozen tundra.
0: Well... Ha ha!
1: I live in not Kentucky, so it's been raining out here.
2: Jealous! I'm ready for the snow to leave us now.
1: Well, hmm, let's see. Who actually growing up in not Utah? <laughs> <laughs> I I have seen snow as late as July, and I believe it was last last year they still had the ski lifts open on 4th of July.
2: Ugh, oh, ew. 4th of July should not have snow. Why? That's just wrong. Well, I i mean, I grew up in California, so I'm used to no <laughs> snow whatsoever.
0: Oh, so you're from California and you can sing and dance. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yes.
2: You pegged me so well. <laughs> uh, hmm. Oh my god.
1: Uh, somebody else again on the andrewbailey.com wrote something about those crazy Buckeyes. Have you heard anything about
0: this? Um, yeah, I have. And it seems like there's, you know, people just don't really care about Ohio or anything. Bravo! It's, <laughs> it's also full of psychiatrists who hide uh, behind bushes and uh, point and yell at people.
2: Well, what would you do if you lived in the middle of BFE? BFE? Bum f***ing Egypt. <laughs> hmm. Get your sensor button ready.
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, Hmm, not sure what I would be doing all the way out there. I mean, I hear that they don't have any kind of internet out there.
2: Hating your life, then. That's what you would be doing. Let's
0: see, um, They don't have Fios, so YouTube should be better.
2: <laughs> you would think that, but it's probably still just uploads of cats
1: <laughs> well, considering cats are holy out there you 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 you'll just have to look at your nearest pyramid
0: ah uh, anyways, uh, here you have a Kickstarter.
1: I do have a last minute Kickstarter. Something that sounded interesting, The Planet explores. Well, it's about one-fourth of the way done with 25 days to go. And I'm just going down and looking at the game modes, and I see this awesome picture of this girl with what seems to be an energy shield fighting four giant statues with laser beams. Yeah, I see that. I mean, this looks awesome. It could be good, or it could be horrible. Hmm. Have to look into that. And then, apparently, you can build, like, a little city defense and stuff. So, kind of think in a tower defense kind of a mode is what I'm gathering from it.
2: Well, it looks gorgeous.
1: Mm Mm-hmm.
0: So, that's that. So, anyways, uh, Kyle, uh, would you mind answering a few questions for
2: us? Not at all. Go ahead. Ask away.
0: What is your college degree?
2: My college degree. I graduated from uh, Gustavus Adolphus College with a BA in Mathematics and Computer Science.
0: So, in other words, you're actually a college graduate, unlike everyone else on the network. <laughs> I am
2: indeed. Yes.
0: Well, welcome to
1: our show with the rest of the college graduates.
0: <laughs> so,
2: I'm uh, not sure I'm actually a part of the of the podcast network, but I'm. I'm apparently I'm the most reoccurring guest. So uh, we'll see how that works out.
0: You're at least an associate. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I'm working on weaseling my way into the network.
0: Good mm. enough. Uh, so, uh, what inspires you? Um,
2: I, I I'm generally inspired by uh, artistic expression through video games, or um, a lot of the time also the medical field. You know, I'm really into uh, helping people and you know supporting good health and everything like that. I actually work for a medical device company, so. Very proud to be doing good work, even if it is in the back hands
0: cool so, so uh you've always well, I guess maybe uh, the medical industry field was like your second favorite uh, field of yeah you know.
2: I'm still hoping to get into the video game industry, but uh if I had to mm. pick something else, I mean I applied for a bunch of other medical device places, uh, but the one I cool. found is, is definitely. A wonderful place to work, and I, I've enjoyed every minute of it.
1: Cool. Cool. So, well, let's hope you keep enjoying every minute. Let me know when you get to the point where you realize you don't want a career, you just want a paycheck every other week.
0: Well, yeah, understandable. <laughs> it would be nice to get paid to exist. Wow, that means I must be on top. I get a paycheck every week. <laughs> Ooh, nice. <laughs> so, uh, what got you started in computers and technology? Uh, originally, gaming.
2: Definitely. You know, my, you know me and my that's friend,
0: the was, most commonest answer I've ever heard
1: of.
2: It's true. Well, I mean, you get to those people who are, like, playing these video games, and they're really into it, and they get to the point where they want to make their own. They want to know what's behind all of this, and that's kind of where I started getting. I was into computers and interested in it. So I'm like, let's take classes on it. That's what I decided to do in college. So I started taking yeah. some computer science courses, got into programming, and the rest is history from there.
0: Cool. So what was your first gigantic technical accomplishment?
2: Uh, it was actually a project we did at my college. Um, it was really interesting. In our object-oriented programming class, we were, were supposed to design these systems, uh, or there were essentially like projects that were actually needed around the school. So we created a ride board involving Java and MySQL, that uh, allowed people to post whether they wanted to, you know, receive rides or give rides to people who were going to certain places or everything like that. So, it's actually implemented by the school right now. So, that's kind of cool that I actually got to do something that people cool. use.
0: <laughs> yeah.
2: Well, um, people use. I don't know how many people actually use the service.
1: <laughs> oh well, try, try not try not to worry too much about the actual how many people actually use it. Just the fact that you were able to put something in the school implemented it. Itself exactly. is an accomplishment.
2: Exactly. So yes. well, that's so, my one claim, to, flame. <laughs> claim so, to fame.
0: Well, sort of You know, talking about uh, you know uh, computer science classes, uh, did you ever have exposure to programming before college?
2: I hadn't, actually. That was my first time really getting into it. Um, I just been, knew that I was interested in technology, so most of what I learned was all in college.
0: Mm, okay. Cool. Yeah, because I remember uh, back in first quarter... I'm not sure if you uh, noticed this Chris but uh you know you could easily sort out the people who knew how to program in the first quarter because yep. they cause they were the ones uh playing games.
1: Yeah, yeah, you could definitely sort out who programmed and who did not program
0: while everyone else was trying to figure out what a return statement does.
1: Uh, I, I had Where? more I had more trouble on the four for each for each loop. Hmm.
0: So, uh, so, anyway, Kyle, uh, what kind of tools do you use, and have they changed any?
2: Um, they haven't changed much from college. I use pretty much the same IDEs like Eclipse and stuff like that, and I still program a lot in Python. Python and Java are my main languages. Good man. Go Good yes. man. <laughs> Love Idle
0: Idol's a fantastic
2: program. Shut up. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well,
1: I actually want to take a little step and go a little bit 8-bit. What what's your favorite game since you do game?
2: Oh my god! Uh, oh, probably Half Life Two. That is a fantastic game. I know I know that's probably a little bit cliche to say something like that, but I love Valve. I love everything that they do, and Half Life Two has been one of those amazing experiences. I've played every single Half Life game since, and mm-hmm. the series is fantastic.
0: Yeah. Cool. But, uh, the bad part is uh, Valve doesn't know how to count to three.
2: I know, right? You know, even in their episodes, we thought that we would actually get to episode three. But nope. apparently Gabe Newell is allergic to the number three, so we're never going to see
0: anything. A Good thing that uh, they have absolutely no problem with number four.
2: <laughs> exactly. <laughs> they just skip right on over three.
0: Yep. Because, well, I mean, who really needs it? We can pretty much fill in the blanks. Exactly. We get it all. So... <laughs> oh. <laughs> Unfortunately, we do not have any Raspberry, uh, this week.
1: Nor do we have any LOL apples.
0: Oh, but we have, we do have another LOL. Um, this time it's not LOL Ohio, uh, which we just covered. Um, <laughs> we do have a LOL PHP. <laughs> so, someone, uh, sort of redid PHP, uh, as if it were, uh, using proper uh, British English.
1: Oh, gosh.
2: This makes a whole lot of sense. It's, it's a lot more polite now, you know? <laughs> yeah. Very formal. Yes,
0: yeah, so and they get rid of those stupid dollar signs, but they re- replace it with uh, pound signs.
2: Very elegant.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so, instead of if else, we have perchance and otherwise. <laughs>
2: It just—it's kind of uh, programming that just makes you want to, you know, have a nice glass of scotch with it, you know.
1: Yes. Yeah, so. <laughs> Switch been replaced with
0: what about perhaps splendid on the off chance. <laughs> <laughs> Say, uh, but they do insert, uh, you know, use and like color and mm-hmm. uh, rename center as centre. Oh, all their
2: terrible misspellings that they do in Britain.
0: Try, catch, would you mind... Actually, I do. (laughs) That one is just off. And then, cheerio. Um, Let's see, uh, down in the comments, uh, instead of try, catch, it's would you mind, and terribly sorry, old (laughs) chap. Oh,
1: perfect. I I like the class. Class Republic... Upper empire.
0: <laughs> upper class empire. Uh, and then public, private, protected becomes state, private, hereditary. <laughs> <laughs> so, But then again, PHP is messed up from what I hear. Yep, yeah, well, it, it, it is a bamboo boat strapped together. Yes, it is. Uh, So, uh, on to a little bit more uh, serious news. So, there was a big week at PyCon. Uh, Apparently someone accidentally a joke. Shh. Um, accidentally this, a joke?
2: Yes. This is kind of blown out of proportion in my mind. Like, how much this just cycloned after it just went off.
0: Well, let, let's, okay, let's
1: start with what the joke was.
0: Okay, so, you know how... Uh, let's see, even though we are not the innuendo show, you have to be in that mindset. So, you know, forking a repo and talking about big dongles, you know, okay. as, as you will, um, you know, sort of sort of like how Buckface uh, sits on his balls of his feet. <laughs> <laughs> you okay. totally get
2: the innuendo. You're perfect at it.
0: Yeah. Um, Let's see, I was even on that episode when that was first said. So, hmm. anyways. So, while sitting in the 10th row of a Python programming conference, a developer who used to work for a mobile monetization startup uh, apparently made a joke about big dongles and forking someone's repo. Uh, and then Adria Richards, a developer evangelist sitting in front of them, called them out on Twitter and, and in a blog post for making the conference envi- environment hostile towards women. Uh, then security escorted them out in the hallway. Uh, shortly afterward, uh, Playhaven said that it had fired the developer who had made these comments. Uh, the said employee showed up on Hacker News and apologized. Uh huh. But, uh, let's see... After that, uh, see, Richard said on Hacker News that she did not intend for the developer to get fired. Um, let see, then uh, apparently this is where Anonymous steps in, uh, or some other group of that nature, uh, uh, threatening a DOS attack against the uh, uh, the startup that the woman had worked for, uh, I believe it was SendGrid, and uh, and they apparently uh went through with that and then uh apparently SendGrid had apparently fired uh the see Adria uh, apparently she was a developer evangelist so yeah i'm not sure you know who's in the right or wrong here um but a lot of things went wrong wow that
1: escalated pretty quick, pretty quickly.
2: It really did. It seemed a little out of control. I, I think everybody should have just calmed down for a second and realized that this could have been solved with a simple apology. Yeah. Maybe it was a little bit insensitive, but at the same time, the industry is kind of male-dominated, so you have to expect a little bit by that.
0: Yeah.
1: i not saying it makes it Sadly, right. it's male-dominated. Dom- I'd be I perfectly know. happy if it wasn't. I, I, I'd be happy with the 25% female ratio. At uh, least get a bit more in there than we have now.
0: Yeah, we'd probably be married. Yep.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: Which might be bad.
1: Why? Why is that? Well, Why would you marry another software developer?
0: Well, not only that, but... um. You know how everyone complains about their wives. Oh yeah. So, but uh, then on the other hand, half of my company are women.
2: The right picking. Huh. The there you go.
0: So, uh, let's see. Uh, going into other related Python news, uh, the Python trademark in Europe uh, finally belongs to the programming language.
2: As it should have before.
0: <laughs> so, um, so yeah, rightfully belongs to the programming language and not a uh, cloud uh, backup service. Huh. I believe that was that was uh, what it was. Cool.
2: I don't know what makes them think that this cloud backup service can actually have. The- the audacity to think that they can pull the name Python, you know? Like, it's clearly a programming language. What makes them think that they can take that away?
1: Because people are stupid and they like to try. <laughs> for for example, so. did you know UPS had trademarked the color brown? What? Yeah, they had trademarked the color brown. I don't <laughs> think that that's possible. <laughs> if, if you read every one of the things that has, like, the copyright and the trademark, It will mention the color brown.
2: I mean, I understand having a a color associated with your company, but I don't think you can trademark it.
0: Well, then again, their slogan was, maybe still is, what can do for you? Yeah. (laughs) Uh, I'm sure
2: it can do a lot of
0: things. (laughs) So, and, uh, let's see, I'm not sure if it's T-Mobile or its parent company, but they apparently own the color magenta. For telecommunications purposes.
2: Oh, of course hmm. they do. So.
0: Ridiculous. Uh, see, speaking of uh, telecommunications services going down, um, several South Korean networks and services went down. I think this was sometime last week, and it was suspected to be a North Korean cyber attack.
1: Hmm. Crazy. That's interesting.
0: So. Uh, it seemed like uh, a couple of banks and stuff went down. Um, not sure if like any of their internet infrastructure was attacked or not. But uh, oh no, they can't play the new StarCraft.
2: That's well. I mean, that's good for Americans. <laughs> they can finally have a chance to bring bring themselves up in the brackets.
0: So, well, see if you, if uh, you were having a cyber attack, you might get some four hundred four errors. Um, that is if you can even get to the server, uh, Business Insider has compiled a list of, uh, really cool 404 pages.
2: Oh, those all look fantastic, I do have to say. Yeah. I, I remember seeing some of these back in the day. Like, I think if you look at the bottom of that list, there's the one from Homestar Runner. That was one of my favorite 404 errors I'd ever seen. Uh,
0: I'm, I'm pretty sure that they had another 404 error. Um, but it was... Yeah, mm. I don't think it was uh, animated.
2: Oh, the animated one was the
0: best. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, and then uh, PB Works has this—was uh, it this Triceratops pony or something?
2: Oh yeah, definitely. See.
0: And the uh, the Nosh 404 is just epic.
2: Indeed, it is. Indeed, it is.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so. I guess, uh. So, I guess going along here, um, apparently, uh, all the hipsters out in California who are earning, uh, six figures or more, uh, don't know what to do with their money. I
1: could think of a hundred things to do with that money.
0: Um, well, that's the thing. There's plenty of things you can do with a whole lot of money, like, uh, like a lot of weird things. But they're not exactly financially sound.
2: Well, it, I mean, if you have that much money anyway, why, why are you so worried about it? You know, I, I would say start, you know, giving it away to charities. But you know, apparently these guys have other ideas. Um,
1: let's see. Hmm. So what are they doing with their money? Because this is just too much stuff to read.
2: Um yeah <laughs> that was a long article. <laughs>
0: TLDR. Um so you know you you say you know doing the charity and stuff well how about uh, to your landlord uh a studio apartment for $3000 a month.
2: Sounds like a good investment.
0: Um if you're not on Manhattan <laughs> uh it's a very bad investment. <laughs> so no, I recently uh, filed my uh, income taxes and got my check last week, so Daddy can buy a new belt now. Uh,
1: <laughs> well, at least you don't have to pay the government.
0: Yes, yeah, so... Always a good thing.
1: Yeah, yeah, I ended up having to pay about two grand. Ugh, Rough. So,
0: you know, I'm paying down my student loans, which are below 10000 now.
1: What student loans? You got a free ride. Almost. I mean. The only loan I know you had was to pay for housing and your
0: car. What car? The one you just bought. I haven't signed the loan yet, so I'm technically uh, not on the hook for that.
1: Okay, I'll i i i start griping about it next week.
0: But you have a link. So yeah. Uh since the first quarter that campus shut down, uh that was almost free. I I know that they didn't pay for like one or two things on the list, but it was oh, come on very cheap. And then tuition free until like the eighth quarter and then my ninth quarter I barely did anything so Uh, yeah
1: that was a very fun quarter I remember that quarter
0: yeah I was begging you to drive me around town a lot yeah I only had two classes Monday first class
1: started at four o'clock in the afternoon that sounds really nice and I was home by six o'clock done for the entire week (laughs)
2: reminds me of my times when I had my classes that didn't start until one o'clock in the afternoon fantastic
0: <laughs> yeah um let's so see then then again the uh the college we went to like uh we were in class like forty hours a week and was doing like at least twenty uh credits per quarter okay per per, per quarter being ten weeks so, okay and uh Let's see. And then it was my I mean, then it was my eighth quarter. Uh, I was doing 16 credits, and I literally did not know what to do. <laughs> Just so bored out of your mind. Pretty much. And then
2: Understandable.
0: last quarter was five credits. I really had nothing to do.
2: I, I totally get that. My last uh, my last semester involved me taking a bunch of BS classes. <laughs> Just well, for the
1: I, credit. I, I, I got those taken care of pretty much steadily throughout the entire thing because we had eight classes per ten weeks, so you take about three BS classes and you take a few core classes.
2: Well, I don't think it was even that. Like, I somehow managed to complete all of the classes for both of my majors and all of my gen eds, but for some reason still needed, like, four more classes I need to take. Hmm. Just hmm. just for the credit to graduate. I don't know how that worked out.
0: So, yeah, that's weird, because I uh, didn't have uh, enough gen ed credits to graduate on my eighth quarter.
2: <laughs> so you had to take a bit more? Yeah. Oh, um, that's rough.
1: I, I failed one class, and that threw off my entire schedule.
2: Oh, yeah, yep. that was... You can't get into that class again.
0: So, Oh, yeah, what were we talking about? Oh, yeah, bacon money. Uh. <laughs>
2: Getting off on tangents. Sorry. Yes.
0: So, um, uh, yeah, apparently hipsters don't know what to do with uh, a lot of their money, at least not how to spend it sensibly. So there's like an economy in California that uh, is essentially just made up of weird novelty things.
1: Hmm. Interesting.
0: Well, the Chinese government
1: will create an Ubuntu-based distro.
0: Yeah, this uh, came out and it struck me as sort of odd, but I think it might be actually kind of good. Of course it's good. Because uh, if you uh, realize that China is essentially run by a bunch of uh, unpatched and uh, really loaded to the brim with malware installations of Windows XP. So, hmm. you know, if they're all running Ubuntu, this will at least clean it out. And you, you'll you say, like, oh, it's the Chinese government. They'll be spying on them. Uh, any more than the spyware that's already on their computers right now?
2: Hmm. It'll probably make it a lot better. So- and not only that, they'll be running Linux, so it'll obviously be better than Windows. So...
1: Ooh, no, I'm just kidding.
2: <laughs> and, and How it, could you? You've betrayed us.
0: And it is well, open I've source. i Linux, though. So it is open source, so they can at least, you know, pry under the hood and, you know, find out if anything bad is running.
2: Exactly. They'll be able to do exactly what they want with it.
1: Uh-oh.
0: If, if they so chose to, uh, not be spied on. <laughs> if they can figure it out. <laughs> hmm, so... Amy Weiland says that uh, Google killed me. Apparently Google does that. Yeah, um, apparently she's an author. And uh, let's see, it was one of her relatives that uh, is really into genealogy. Uh, Like made made her a uh, Wikipedia page and somehow included the birth date and death date of her dad, I think it was.
2: Yeah, that's right.
0: So, like, she's listed as, uh, died on July 23rd, 96. Uh huh. Short sure life. And there's nothing that, uh, anyone can do about this. Uh, since apparently Google, uh, you know, you know, finds a page that has someone's name on it, then it's like, oh, there's a date over here, and like, uh, oh, they're born. The word born occurs. What are you doing, Chris?
1: I'm just playing with my slinky.
0: Okay, well, it's probably going to sound really bad on the podcast, so... Alright,
1: there, yeah, I threw it away.
0: Alright, thanks. So, <laughs> okay, enough with you. This sounds
2: fantastic. I'm sure the listeners love listening to this.
0: <laughs> yes. <gasps> the crazy antics of Chris, as usual. <laughs> um, anyways, so, uh, Google finds a page with someone's name on it, and... It finds, okay, born, and then a date, and then died, and then a date, without regards to, oh, this is actually referring to a different person. Hmm. That could be an issue,
2: you know, for people like Amy. (laughs) Now everyone
0: thinks that she's dead. (laughs) And she's been dead for, like, mm, 17 years.
2: Updating her blog as a zombie, that's kind of ridiculous.
0: Yeah. Whoa. Speaking from the grave. I know. Hmm. And
1: besides, this really matters because
0: it's not related to Google Reader. (laughs) All right, I'll buy that. (laughs) But you know something else that Google is killing?
2: Pretty much everything that they
0: own? Uh, Search result site blocking. So you can no longer eliminate uh, uh, expert... Let's see, what is it? It's the... uh, the one site that uh, Stack Exchange refers to as the hyphenated site. I think it's like Expert Sex Change.
1: Hmm. You know,
0: otherwise referred to as Experts Exchange.
1: <laughs> I see what you did there.
0: Yes. It kind um,
1: of reminds me of Kids Exchange.
0: <laughs> so... Uh, yeah, apparently you're not going to be able to block uh, sites and search results anymore.
1: So no, well, that particular one sounds like it had money
0: value behind it. So, so let's face it, Google is going to kill everything in this following list plus Android. Because, no. because none of these things are what Google specializes in nowadays.
1: What does Google specialize in?
0: I'm glad you asked. They specialize in Killing services. No, hmm. we used to love you so much, Google. What happened?
1: So let's, well, let's it see. eventually gets bad and old.
0: Let's see. They're gonna kill Maps, Earth, Android, YouTube, Play, uh, Picasa, Orkut. I'm surprised that's still living. Uh, Google Plus, and of course, web search. Because no one uses web search anymore. We all yep. Bing things now.
2: Yes, Bing, my new favorite web search. Thank you, Microsoft.
0: Uh, let's see, the word, oh, Google bar, uh, which was Swedish for ungoogleable, is no longer a Swedish word. <laughs> so they've redefined it? Um, it's... Apparently no longer an official word uh, according to uh, let's see, like whatever council governs the Swedish language.
2: Interesting.
0: So, which, Hmm. uh, you know, places Google in a rather uh, excuse me, rather odd position in that, you know, they want to dominate this uh, field, which apparently no one cares about. And, you know, it having their name turned into a verb, into a noun, and used just like every other kinds of those words, um, you know, this will happen.
2: Indeed.
1: Hmm. You know, this kind of reminds me from, a little bit indirectly from Batman, live long enough to die a hero, see yourself become a villain sort of
0: thing. Yeah, and Google's turning into the villain already.
2: You know, he gets to the point where that philosophy of don't be evil just, you know, starts to corrupt itself. We liked him right. so much when they started, but eventually they turn into the enemy.
0: Mm-hmm. So, uh, let's see. Uh, we, I mentioned uh, Stack Exchange uh, a while back. Uh, remember Discourse? Uh, that one form thingy that the guy from there was doing? Uh, yep. He explains why he's doing Discourse in Ruby. And, uh, you know, he starts off saying that, uh, you know, although he's uh, rather good at the Microsoft stack, uh, he wanted this to be open and free for everyone. And, uh, you know, going something that's, you know, open source and easy to set up and uh, license-free is a good way to go about that.
2: Very much appreciated.
0: So... uh, Ryan mentioned that that was a rather interesting read for him. Um, See, the Motion Picture Association of America says that the cloud is a threat to them and that the best response is censorship. (laughs) Which which is sort of the uh, default response to old, stodgy industries that uh, don't really care about new things. Of
2: course they don't. They just care about how people are going to exploit these systems in order to make it so that they make less money.
0: So, but uh, the problem with them is that they aren't mobile enough to take advantage of new technologies as they come along. Because, you know, that this could actually be a source of revenue for them. Mm-hmm. No, but
2: they don't have a way of seeing that because they're living in archaic systems.
0: Yeah, and, like, they're... Uh, apparently they're saying, "Well, we get billions of dollars from D- DVDs, or rather, excuse me, we get many Instagrams worth of money off of DVDs. And if we, you know, if we move over here, then we won't be making that much off of DVDs anymore."
1: Oh no. Hmm. Well, okay, well, Kyle. When was the last time you bought a DVD? Oh God, it's been a long
0: time. <laughs> Andrew. Uh, let's see, from a major motion picture studio, probably three years ago, I Mm. bought, see, it might have been last year, because I did buy the Lord of the Rings Extended Edition on Blu-ray.
1: Okay. The last one I bought was Avengers, so that was long, long ago. Let's
0: see, then before Mm. that it was, you know, I don't really buy a whole lot of, you know, movies. In fact, I don't really ho- watch a whole lot of movies either.
2: Oh, sad. Well, and, I mean, with the, with the uh, way of like digital distribution and streaming online, it's like, why do people even buy physical and, media anymore?
0: And I don't watch TV. And I don't own a TV either.
2: Hmm. You have just blown my mind, sir. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how I would survive without my TV.
1: So, Easy. Easy. Make Go outside, can't... enjoy the sunway, eat,
2: I don't, I do, I don't eat. understand. It does not compute.
0: You mean you would <laughs> rather expose yourself to all those carcinogens?
2: I mean, so the, the world to... out there is scary. The sun can burn you, you know? Yeah. I mean, come on. Who would want to be involved in something like that? And,
0: and look, I am so white. <sighs> so, so am I. So is Kyle, your point. Well, you can go ahead and, you know, fry yourself to a toast in your waffle iron.
1: Kyle's the only one sitting in a lit room.
2: (laughs) 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 Oh no. (laughs) He's turning off more lights. (laughs) Showing his aversion to the light. It's the light, it's so beautiful.
1: (laughs) I can't help it. (laughs) Uh. So apparently, Aaron Schwartz' prosecution has become an issue for the Manhattan Senate race.
0: Massachusetts Senate race. Yeah, oh, yeah.
1: I guess it is Massachusetts.
0: Yeah, your IO unit had another error there.
1: Yep.
0: Oh well. Anyways, uh, can you tell us a little bit about that? Absolutely not. I'm
1: just (laughs) kidding. The federal prosecution of suicide of Andrew Solis had generalized internet activists and promptly attacked by hackers. It is now dividing candidates, blah, 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 blah.
0: So, can you tell me about it? (laughs) (laughs) Well, uh, other than the fact that uh, Massachusetts is where this all kind of took place, uh, since that was where the... uh, the supposed crime in question took place um, and that's pretty much uh, the, like, the branch of the Attorney General's office that, uh, you know, went after uh, Aaron Schwartz so you know, it is, uh, you know you know, unfortunately a suicide is a very effective means to get your statement across so sadly Uh, In response to that, the Journal of Library Administration's editorial board resigns in protest of publishers' policy towards authors. Um, So, uh, the licensing terms set by the publisher were scaring away potential authors, um, according to the editor who resigned, uh, Damon Jaggers. So... Um and apparently Where are you seeing this? I opened up the article. Oh, that weird. weird.
2: Reading the article gives you information?
0: Yeah, you'd never think that.
2: I know, right? You'd think we'd be prepared for this when we first started.
0: <laughs> so um apparently when this journal got started they wanted to start changing things. Uh but you know recently they've been feeling the pressure to open up a little bit. Uh but the publisher wasn't exactly, uh, you know, accepted of those, uh, of those suggestions. Uh, so, in protest, they all quit. Hmm. Interesting. Alright then. Yep. So... We'll see. We'll, we'll see what happens next week. Yep. Uh, so the Computer Fraud and Abuse Act was essentially the uh the canon uh by which uh Schwartz was uh you know entangled with uh so they're looking to fix it. And how you ask? By making it much worse. Oh yay.
2: We love
0: uh, terrible acts. Well
1: then then again we should have all seen this coming. We all had our hope though. Maybe the Congress can finally do something right. I would never have that hope. <laughs> yep. Which, which reminds me of a joke I'll have to tell after this.
0: So, um, like, apparently a, uh, a very minor adjustment to the limit of exceeding authorized access in that, uh, you know, even though you might be granted access to a system for a particular, uh, you know, to access something in particular, um, if the owner doesn't want you to do that, oh, you're in violation of this act. Um... And uh, apparently, computer crimes would computer crimes would be a form of racketeering. So, not only would you be charged under the CFAA, you'd also be charged with racketeering.
2: Gotta love more charges.
0: Yeah. So
1: basically, don't use anything that's open source and free. Uh,
0: not only that, don't use computers. <laughs>
2: Avoid technology at all costs. Time to go back to school. (laughs) Or anything networked.
1: (laughs) Pretty much. I'm I'm thinking a degree in McDonald's flipping bogus. There you go. Isn't that called a GED?
0: (laughs) Something like that. Hey, a three-letter acronym. You know what another three-letter acronym is? What? RPG.
2: Oh, you mean a rocket-propelled
0: grenade launcher? Uh, no, the other kind that you use. Oh, that, 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 that one has an L on the end. Oh, I guess you're right. I'm sorry about that. <laughs> uh, someone has, uh, made an RPG in Excel.
1: <laughs> that, that's oh, a game to play
2: at work. It seems very ambitious.
0: <laughs> so, Ooh, um... Not battle. <laughs> so, uh, this chartered accountant, uh, Carrie Walken, has, uh, whipped up a spreadsheet that, uh, you know, is an RPG. And I was uh, playing it a little bit here before the podcast. And uh, for what is a very, uh, uh, how should I say, not a very obscure uh, gaming platform, uh, it works kind of well.
2: I guess you could call it an obscure gaming platform.
0: Uh, As a platform, Excel is not obscure, but as a gaming platform, it is.
2: Exactly. Yes. Well, I definitely know what I'm going to be doing during work tomorrow.
0: Maybe maybe it'll <laughs> run on my Raspberry Pi. Ah, uh, yes. We no, know, no,
1: that, that won't work since it requires Excel. Well,
0: true, but, uh, you know... Reprogram
2: even... it for LibreOffice. It'll work fine.
0: <laughs> <laughs> exactly, exactly. <laughs> this might be the perfect game for it. There Man, you go. How, how come do I only get range weapon...
1: I've gotten five ranged weapons and zero melee weapons. Uh. Let's
0: see. I think for a while there I was just getting like, a, uh. Like, uh. Brass knuckles. And then I upgraded to. Uh. A crowbar. And then I got, uh. Was it a jar of angry bees?
1: I just got the jar of angry bees.
0: So. Sounds
2: like a lot of lousy times.
0: <laughs>
1: Indeed.
0: So, uh, Gillis LeBlanc uh, says that employers uh, should hire talent and not uh, experience. Uh, because uh, I noticed this, uh, especially last year, uh, in that a lot of job postings uh, say General Tech X that everyone has heard about, five years experience. A specific tech Y that came out just last year, three years experience. Uh, framework Z that only a few people use and takes five days to learn, five years. Uh, <laughs> something you were taught in college, ten years experience, and so forth. Uh, you know, you can always lie. Yeah, I don't, I have never had
1: I've never had anybody follow up with me. So, did you really have three
0: years of experience? Yeah, that kind of comes through with the interview. You know, if you're well-versed in a technology, you know, that's almost all you need. hmm uh, See, he says that he encountered the following phrase on Programmer Stack Exchange. Uh, it sums it up pretty nicely. Five times one year of experience. <laughs> because, you know, just because you've been using something for five years doesn't mean that you've actually learned new things about it for four years. Correct. it
2: has got a good point. This always seemed to be my hang-up when applying for jobs, you know? People ask no, me I, for I, more I, experience.
1: I never even actually worried about that. I just kept applying for it.
2: Oh, of course. I mean, I didn't stop. But, you know, when people are just like, how much experience do you have in this? So I'm just like, well, I've done plenty, plenty. of in college. <laughs> you know, and they're just like, oh. I always seem to get that judgment from them.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, you, you can always shoot the line while well, I've done several projects.
2: Yeah, you know.
0: Yeah, I, uh, you know, I had posted a comment to this and, you know, I said that I realized this about a year ago in that if I ever wanted to branch out from Java a little bit, I needed to stop marketing myself as a Java guy and more of a generalized programmer that goes and learns stuff. Mm-hmm. And I remember redoing my LinkedIn profile uh, to reflect this and removed, you know, a lot of specific technologies and focusing on more general things like, you know, general programming, web apps, web development, problem solving, architecture, and, mm. uh you know, now I have a great job. Cool. I, I'm i now in a cubicle-free environment, and I go to work in a mansion. Cool,
1: and you're surrounded by girls.
0: Um, oh, not, wait, that was, not, that was not, the last job. Not in the room I'm in. But hey,
2: you know, It doesn't hurt to work with them.
0: Sure it does.
1: I'm not sure about you, but try and work with them. Oh, goodness, there's a girl in here. What do I do? What do I do? What do I do?
2: Oh, come on. They're not that bad. (laughs) Don't give the geek that stereotype. We can be suave. We are the future, however.
1: Yes, we are the future. But every geek is unique.
2: Very true.
0: But, I mean.
2: It is, it's gorgeous. I love we, that.
0: We are the future, but we already own the world. <laughs> <laughs> because, you know, just like that XKCD, you know, our kind stands between the forces of evil and your lolcats. <laughs> <laughs> yep. <laughs> we
2: do control all of that, yes.
0: <laughs> mm, so. Oh, yeah.
1: Speaking of that joke I was going to tell from a while ago. So this guy finds a genie bottle and he rubs it and poof, out comes the genie. He says, I'll grant you one wish. And the guy says, well, I wish to be immortal. And the genie says, I'm sorry, we don't do those kind of wishes anymore. So the guy thinks for me and he says, I wish to die when when Congress can get his head out of its
0: ass. <laughs> and he goes,
1: you sneaky bastard.
0: Let's see, I, I have uh, another uh genie joke so genie pops out i can grant you three wishes but whatever you say every lawyer in the world will have twice as much of whatever you wish for there was like some settlement way back there whatever so the guy thinks and he says i would like a lamborghini he's like okay but every lawyer is going to have two lamborghinis and he's like okay that's fine so he thinks a little bit and he's like, I would like a billion dollars. And he's like, but every lawyer is going to have a b- two billion dollars. He's like, that's fine. So for the third wish, he thinks really hard. And then he says, I would like to donate a kidney. <laughs>
1: <laughs> the, 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 the alternative ones I have heard is, I like to be beaten half to death. <laughs> There you go, perfect. I like the kidney one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, uh, anyways. So, BitTorrent Live. This the sounds interesting. see video streaming is now open in beta.
0: So, yeah. So the little okay. issue, beta. The little issue we have going right now is uh, Skype doesn't really like uh, video conferencing if you don't pay them. Who has
2: money to pay Skype?
0: I mean, really, they're owned by Microsoft. Don't they have, like, a lot of money now?
2: I know. It's like buying WinRAR, Nobody does that.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, like, go to Uh, (laughs) 7-Zip. Anyway, so... uh, So what we're doing now is our audio is going over Skype, but uh, we also have a Google Hangout running uh, that's muted. Um, But, uh, yeah... This uh, BitTorrent Live, uh, which you know, this is is essentially a video streaming, uh, but it uses uh, peer-to-peer, you know, the BitTorrent stuff underneath. So it looks like they finally have this figured out. Hmm. Cool.
2: Fantastic. That'll be very helpful for podcasters. So,
1: well, now will be interesting to see what kind of lawsuits go against that.
0: So well. I mean, so long as you're not uh, streaming something from a movie theater, you should be okay. Come on, who does who does that? They take video cameras in.
1: Yeah, who goes to movies?
2: <laughs> yeah, who goes to movie theaters? I don't really know what you're talking about.
1: Well, I I, I hear this the ancient concept of going to a movie with a girl. Yeah, very ancient concept.
2: Who are these girls you are talking about? I'm confused. <laughs>
1: So, I don't know, look at the person who's cutting your hair next
0: time.
2: Oh, oh, okay, right, of course. (laughs) I've been foolish.
0: (laughs) Of course, we're all fools. have some feedback uh, from Ryan, as usual. Uh Uh-oh. But uh, he has some uh, very interesting uh, questions here. Um, The most important, but kind of towards the back of the list, but I've uh, put it first here. Uh, He asks, what is the best password methodology these days, hashing with SHA-256 or Blowfish, and using a per-user in system-wide salt I'm wondering because I feel like I'm out of the loop. So if there's only one question you answer this week, it should be this one. What is the best practice in 2013 for securing passwords? So I went ahead and, uh, you know, used some common sense and searched around. Uh, number one, have someone else who knows how the hell to store passwords to store your passwords. Uh, look into OpenID, OAuth, and Browser ID. Uh, these are all ways of using someone else to authenticate your users. Uh, suggestion number two, don't store passwords, really. Uh, only do the third-party authentication. Uh, number three... Well, okay. uh,
1: hold on, hold on, can I stop you there? Sure. Why use only the third-party authentication? What happens when they get hacked?
0: It's not your problem.
2: It is as if it's your bank account.
0: So, but uh you'd be using like the bank ac- bank account system so you'd be passing like whatever credentials to them or the user would go directly to them and say hey log me in over here so that way you're not even touching the password that makes sense mm-hmm. um because that's essentially what open id does in the tons of services tons of online uh, you know, companies support OpenID, like Google and even AOL and Yahoo. Um, Facebook does OAuth, and so does Twitter. Um, and uh, even even the delightful spyware called Steam uh, is an OpenID provider as well. Hmm.
1: Interesting. So, I'll have to look into that.
0: Yeah. So, uh, number three, if you actually can't use this because it's like an internal company application or something, um, never use MD5 or any of the SHA algorithms or any of those common hashing functions. Uh, Chances are they are designed for speed and efficiency for hashing documents and data megabytes and gigabytes in size. Uh, Those are called cryptographic hashes. Uh, Passwords are generally nowhere near that big uh but there are specific uh functions and algorithms designed for hashing passwords like PBKDF2, bcrypt and scrypt. Um and as for salts, definitely uh per user. So I dug up some uh uh pages around the web uh, beginning with Stack Exchange. Um So pull this one up here, uh, asking, what makes a hash function good for password hashing? And uh, the accepted answer is, uh, you know, you should not use a normal cryptographic hash, but something made specifically for passwords. Um, So the point about, you know, uh, password hashing is uh you know the actual speed of the hashing function you don't want a fast one but a slow one because if someone ever compromises your database and gets your hashes you know the more that they have to work for each one the more secure you are in theory um so you uh, that would give you enough time to alert your users and say hey change your password
1: mm, makes sense mm
0: hmm So, and, uh, let's see, then, uh, for the fourth point, um, the, uh, an editor over at Ars Technica, Nate Anderson, uh, fired up, uh, some password cracking tools. So, uh, this, uh, I believe it's a two-page story here, um, three, actually, um, about how he, uh, you know, downloaded some programs and some hashes from actual real websites, that contain actual real passwords. Uh, I believe it was with MD5. Um, And, you know, using a whole bunch of, you know, word sets and dictionaries and stuff about how he was able to crack a lot of them pretty fast within seconds.
1: Hmm.
0: That's kind of scary. Yeah. Shows how unsafe everything is. So, and uh, somewhere in here he says that, you know, seeing your... Uh, password be cracked in less than a second, you know, really hits you hard.
2: Definitely. Wouldn't be reassuring, that's for sure.
0: Yeah. So, anyways, uh, on with some other questions here. Ah. So, uh, Ryan keeps hearing about this uncanny valley, and "Quote: I don't just don't know. I guess I need to hear it and see it. So I guess you know the uh, you know the term comes from robotics in that a closer a robot gets to looking human, its likability increases until some point towards the end when it goes way down and then back up again. So um, you know, Wikipedia has a you know rather good article on this." So, and it seems to be like in the uh, you know the realm of robots and stuff, and you know especially when they get towards looking human. But you know, like my philosophy philosophy about robots in general is you know why should you be stuck with a human form factor um, when you know instead of having two feet, two hands, and a head, you know you could probably you know come up with something. Uh, quite a bit different, that would be far more useful.
2: Well, yeah. I mean, because you can put whatever you want onto it. Exactly. And they're not being creative with this human form here, you
1: know. So, yeah, I, could, I could beg to differ a little bit. How so? He wants to marry a robot. No, I don't. No, no. I've seen too many movies about those kind of stuff. <laughs> <laughs> but no. Like, like I'm not... A- that. I'm 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 thinking of the um out in germany they made a s- cooking robot that can cook sausage and bacon and eggs with Perfect. With,
0: this is the food show
1: with, with perfect accuracy
2: there you go just bring him on the show i'm sure he'd be a wonderful co-host
1: yeah <laughs> <laughs> yep <laughs> <laughs>
2: God, he always just making bacon on this show. It doesn't make any sense. God.
1: <laughs> well, if if God didn't want us eating pigs, then he wouldn't have put, made pigs out of bacon. Bacon out of pigs.
2: He's got a great point, you know. If he didn't want to see bacon, why would he make it so tasty?
0: Yep. Anyways, uh, Ryan says that if he had to fund a Journey to play Journey, he probably would not have. Uh, sometimes it's anyone's guess if it'll actually work, and that there's plenty of room for growth in this fund your game market. And I agree. Journey? Oh,
2: totally. I, th- I think it's really a good idea to get gamers involved into the fund your game because he makes them more invested into it. But, you know, Journey was such a risk at that time. That game company is fantastic, and they've done great work, but Journey didn't really seem like it was something that would be take-off as much as it did.
0: Yeah, and, uh, you know... This uh, fund your game, you know, Kickstarter, Indiegogo movement, uh, you know, actually brings forward a lot of genres that, you know, maybe haven't been stagnating or have been dead for a long time. Uh, and, you know, actually catering to those audiences.
2: Oh, agreed. Yeah. It also just allows us to give a more wider range of games at this point now. You know.
0: Yeah, and uh, also an offering for a not AAA uh, game as well
2: exactly so there's more competition out there even if it's not you know obviously the triple a titles are still going to sell you're always going to have your call of duties and your halos out there but
1: you yeah know. But, those, but those are repetitive these are actual some of them are original good ideas
2: very creative ideas wonderful uh experiences that i've had in some indie games and we need more creative things like that i'm getting tired of call of duty you know like i i want to have an emotional experience with my game you know and that's where these indie games come in
0: yeah and you know they're not triple a so you know granted you know sometimes you don't want to play something uh shiny you know Nope. take an know? example from minecraft exactly uh, well take an example from mass effect You know, I'm the kind of person who likes Mass Effect 1 better than all the others, because all the others are very emo in comparison. You do have a good point. Yes, dark and claustrophobic. I mean,
2: uh, Mass Effect 1 definitely wasn't as polished in its gameplay mechanics, but story-wise, I can definitely concede to your point.
1: Yeah, I I would agree with the storyline
0: and with the overall ending. Yeah, and, uh, like, the feeling and the atmosphere was uh, quite unique. Uh, uh Uh-oh, plain. (laughs)
2: Very professional.
0: Um, So, uh, like, the first one was, you know, bright and open. You know, you had the Mako. You could, you know, get out on planets and just drive around. Um, Mm
2: -hmm. It did make mining a little bit tedious, but, you know, at least it was interesting to see those environments.
0: yeah. So, so, anyways, you know, it's a good thing to not have exact perfection. So...
2: I agree. It gives it character.
0: Exactly. You know, uh, you know, the Liberty Bell wouldn't be the Liberty Bell without the crack in it. Exactly. And the Leaning Tower of Pisa wouldn't be famous if it stood straight up.
2: It's these imperfections that, you know, make us remember them. Mm-hmm. And it's the same with these gaming concepts, too, you know.
0: So, mm-hmm.
1: but, uh, but too many imperfection just... It goes down the tube.
2: Oh, of course. Nobody would like the Liberty Belt if it was, you know, destroyed. <laughs> <laughs> completely. <laughs> completely. Atomized, you know. <laughs> or if the Leaning Tower of Pisa had fallen over, they would have just cleaned it up.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, except except now it'd be streamed on YouTube.
2: Yeah, exactly. Yeah,
0: Or Justin TV or something.
2: <laughs> Twitch. <laughs> so...
0: Mm. Uh, Ryan says, I haven't found an iPhone-slash-Android game worth playing in the long term. Angry Birds is fun for a while until you beat it, or it's just too hard. I bought a stupid RPG. Think Final Fantasy bought on iOS for my iPod Touch 4th generation. It was horrible.
2: Well, that's because the only uh, Final Fantasy game out there for a mobile platform is 3, and there's a reason that that never came to American markets. It really is not the
1: best well, Final it, Fantasy game. Well, it, it eventually... No wait, you know for mobile market, yeah, it did not yeah. come. Yeah, I mean, we, uh, that, I, I the was, I was thinking uh, the DS and stuff. I mean, game Boy Advance.
2: Technically, uh, it only came out for the uh, Game uh, Nintendo DS, but you know, it's it's not that great of a Final Fantasy game when you get into the series.
0: Uh, Ryan says that I asked my parents and they didn't know that the movie was happening. Uh, speaking of the Steve Jobs documentary, um, in the movie, I don't think that they focused on his modern achievements, which I think most people find significant. The original Apple products probably ignored by the masses, like all the computers in the late eighties and early nineties.
3: So,
0: uh, Uh, Ryan says, Oh, poor Google Reader. I lament its death. I made our podcast from Reader. It drives all the news I read. Note, I totally read half of the same stuff from Twitter, honestly, but the experience sucks there. I tried Feedly. We're in
2: need of a good uh, RSS reader now that Google Reader's gone.
0: Um,
1: Yeah, um, I'm going to have to find a way to replace it soon. Yeah.
0: Ryan reiterates the fact that he hates files. And says, files are very dangerous. If you have them, you can lose them. And I say, just like pretty much any other thing that you can have.
1: Is he talking about physical or virtual?
0: Well, obviously computer files. I don't know. I'm starting to carry around these
1: paper files at work. No, those are
0: dangerous too. Those are even
2: more (laughs) (laughs) movable.
0: So, uh, let's see... Uh, Ryan would like to remind us, you know we have three buttons on the Nexus, just so you know. Facebook, Twitter, and Google+. I wish we had one of our own internal rating indicators, but I don't care that much. To see mm. how we compare with our, quote, 12 listeners, compare our social <laughs> buttons with any episode on <laughs> We're not so far behind them.
3: Mm.
0: Um. See, Ryan says that I'm so glad that the first sale Doctrine went through. Literally no one knows what this is, but I learned about it in my journalism class last year, and it turns out to be quite important. I'm glad you think so.
1: I,
2: I'm i glad he does too. So <laughs>
1: you tell someone that they can't do what they want. I can't even read this
0: when you tell someone that they can't do what they want with what they bought and they get angry well that's the first sale doctrine being denied
2: and that's pretty prevalent right now
0: so ryan says that if a company is failing in light of amazon then it's their fault huge stores have the ability to be arbiter of products they sell and they can sell the best they can know what they're talking about and stop sucking if they want to microcenter is almost proof of this
2: He's got a great point of that.
0: And I uh, uh, would remember the fact about what he said about Best Buy, and that he suggested that the strategy that they do for that. um, He says that uh, Best Buy has the chance to do it, I think, more than anyone else, because they have huge physical space to show off great things. Plenty of people did. uh, Plenty of people or they did have plenty of people to actually figure out what's good and a brand that no one cares about. So, uh, Ryan wishes for a pro option option in the Windows installer, so you install Windows and it asks, have you done this before? And you can skip the intro slash tutorial and enable some advanced options up front rather than simplifying the installer and initial setup. Hmm. So, and, uh, funny that he mentions that as i uh recall uh, doing something rather uh customary well not customary but rather customized uh with windows when i ins- when i got my ssd in that there is an xml you can edit while you install so that let you do so much stuff and it's apparently what oems use to preload drivers crapware and a whole bunch of other stuff and uh I used it to put my user's uh, profile directory onto my hard drive and leave everything else on the SSD. (laughs) Very nice. It's called unattend.xml or auto unattend.xml or something. It's quite a backdoor into the Windows installer. It's full of arcane keystrokes and mystical incantations in the land before user profiles. So, yeah, it's really cool stuff like that. So, and I have a link here to actually, you know, how to do what I did. So, like, you need to, like, push Control-Shift-F2 or something at some point in the installer before it says, like, what's your name and your password and stuff. Hmm. So. We'll have to take a look into that. And apparently you can do a whole bunch of other stuff with it, too. So, it's pretty good if you want to do, like... uh domain-wide deployments or something. So, Ryan says that back in the day, my dad was a big supporter of Linspire, then Freespire. And I I remember back when it first came out and it was called Lindos. I never used any of those, though. (laughs) So, Ryan says that I'm using Mint on my old laptop. It does pretty well. And, uh... Funny that you say that, because just this past week, I spun up a virtual machine with uh, Mint on it, and I do plan on putting it on my laptop before I go on vacation. Good. Cool.
2: Definitely a good decision.
0: So, uh, Ryan likes browser competition. Oh, Opera. (laughs) I grew up with Firebug. I loved Firebug, and I do too, since I use uh, a Firefox derivative. So uh, Ryan says that the doc, the issue with the .dot .book uh, TLD is super generic. Uh, so if Amazon has that and someone doesn't sell with Amazon, what then? I think that's creepy. A company that sells books should not get to own the name for all possible books. Let's say I write a book called Journey at the Nexus, and I uh, want the uh, journey at the book. Uh, But I don't want to sell Kindle books, so Amazon won't let me buy a domain. How is that fine? It's creepy. It needs to be available from a third party that has no monetary interest from the products, just the ability to register the the names. And I think that's kind of like what I uh, meant with the you know someone start a Kickstarter for a TLD. So
2: that would make sense. Well, it does seem a little ridiculous that they would own that.
0: So, but you know, if anyone else, you know, I I can see why they have a business case for this. But I mean, if it's good for the internet, probably not. Well, you can still get the com.
1: I mean, obviously, How yeah. how, how, how much of an impact is the Nexus Journey .dot book or the Nexus .dot Calm. So. I think people are gonna be really resilient at moving to a dot book or something. Well, at first,
2: but you know, change happens slowly, eventually they'll yes. get yeah. beyond or behind
0: this. And uh then again there's this whole thing about uh you know moving away from like a nice cute little TLD to put on the end of URLs. I mean, you know, we've been acclimated since the nineties for dot com dot org, dot some other you know, dot T V even. Mm
3: hmm.
0: Even though that's well, not three letters. Well
1: well the 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 only one I can see being really, really, really brought up to speed very, very fast is dot XXX.
0: From what I've heard it hasn't really taken off too much. No? And like from what I've heard, like a lot of people are angry about it because you know suddenly if they want to protect their brand name and not have it be associated <laughs> with porn, they'll buy the XXX domain anyway, um, just as a as a precautionary measure. Hmm. Well, I see a great business strategy right there.
1: So twenty dollars for a domain for a year protects
0: your store. <laughs>
2: There you go, making money by extorting
0: it. Yep. <laughs> um, and Ryan did catch the someone on andrewbailey.com wrote, that was great. <laughs> well, you will have fun again. Yes, he already did. I'm sure. <laughs> uh, Ryan says, so in my high school, and it's basically district-wide too, that all the student accounts on the computer were seven characters long. All lowercase and all letters, but here the kicker. The last letter was always A. Apparently when they generated the passwords, the system only required six and they wanted to make it easy for students, but the next version needed seven, so they just slapped an A on it. I like to joke to the kids in the school, I know the last letter of your password. A and they and then they said, How do you know? <laughs> so hmm.
2: Good way to troll students.
0: (laughs) Uh, Ryan agrees, and he thinks that 1,024 characters or a kilobyte is a safe limit for passwords, and then to account for overhead, 1,000 is acceptable. And I think, you know, theoretically infinite length passwords, uh, but it should be a long time for attackers to catch up to guessing a password the size of a large TCP IP packet, which is like 1,500 bytes or so. Yeah. Mm. So and uh with regards to uh trying the YouTube HTML5 video experiment I you know mentioned I have you know I put the video on one monitor and did something on the other one and that and Ryan says and there are even monitors that match <laughs> <laughs> not that it matters too much when you're trying to watch a video on one of them in that point you'd probably want the bigger one to show the video maybe hmm Well, I have a I have about a thirty
1: five inch TV for my secondary monitor to watch TV on. So do horrible you have- horrible, re- horrible resolution,
0: but
2: hey, so, if it works. So yep.
0: so Kyle, do you have two monitors?
2: Uh yeah, I would I use my uh my thirty two inch TV definitely a lot of the time. Hook it up with my HDMI cable. It actually works out pretty well.
1: Cool. Well, do you need some more monitors? I have two spares. <laughs> and I have, this.
2: I've got like four computers, so not really at this point. I can, oh. I can literally surround myself with screens at this point.
1: Ah, uh, well, I have a spare motherboard and I have a spare computer.
0: My roommate's using my other laptop. <laughs> uh, let's see. I have my desktop laptop. My toilet, my server, and my Raspberry Pi. So that's like five.
2: Yeah, yeah. I got, I got my two laptops, my my gaming rig, my uh, my Raspberry Pi. Um, you know, I mean, I mean, if you include all my gaming consoles, there's like seven. We don't. <laughs> uh, they're computers too. Don't exclude them.
0: <laughs> they are computers, Why? but they're not PCs. Yep.
2: Yeah, I guess that's true. Um well the Xbox might be.
0: Uh, nah no don't, don't kid yourself. It it doesn't have an X86 processor in it and you can't really install anything you want on it. But it tries. But well, it's,
2: it's it's kind of running Windows 8. See
0: <laughs> According to Squirrel, uh you can apparently run free BSD on an Xbox.
2: See? There you go. It's trying.
0: So Hmm. Then, then again, I think the Raspberry Pi is the only uh, not computer that's pretty close to being one.
2: That's true. I mean, I, with the lack of a hard drive, it doesn't really allow you to store a well, whole lot. But
0: well, I'm talking about like uh, the system architecture.
2: Yeah, uh, yeah, it works out well as because right, I mean,
0: so you know you can install pretty much any uh, lin- flavor of Linux you want on it, so long as it supports it.
2: Exactly. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. I guess I could buy
2: pretty. me a red pie. What are all the, the distros that aren't supported?
0: Uh, there's a handful. I think there's like four or five or so. Oh, yeah. Um, but uh, the best one to run is Raspbian. Raspbian? Yeah. So, I'll as, as the name suggests, it is based on Debian.
2: Right. As I figured. So, so does it run with all Debian?
0: Uh I think they have almost all the packages in there.
3: All
0: so, right. <sighs> uh, you so, you have much experience with Linux? Uh
2: I'm getting a little bit more, you know. And we did a little bit in my operating systems class with uh, editing the Linux kernel. <clears throat> Nothing too extensive.
0: <laughs> yeah. Um let's see for not sure how long it was, maybe a year or so. I was hanging out with the uh, Linux crowd at uh, uh, college. <laughs> Let's see, I think the crowd was maybe 5 to 10. Yeah. So, And we, we even had our own uh, users group as an official school club. Very nice. Uh, but what it basically was was us getting together on Wednesdays and ordering pizza.
1: Yep. Sounds about right. (laughs) Everyone always smelled like pizza afterwards.
0: (laughs) Uh. (laughs) Although
2: I do have to ask, what is your favorite Linux distro? Uh,
0: Well, it was uh, Zubuntu, uh, the X-Face flavor of Ubuntu. Right. Uh, But now it looks like I'm going to Mint.
2: I absolutely love that answer. Mint is my newfound favorite distro.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Once I, uh, you know, fired it up and saw, you know, like, it has a search box in the, uh, the main menu, I'm like, why doesn't X-Face have this? Mm -hmm. You know, Windows has had it since Vista.
2: Yep. And nobody liked Vista.
0: (laughs) Well, I didn't like Vista, but I used it.
2: Well, yeah, we kind of had to, but...
0: (laughs) Well, I mean, like, even when everyone else was on XP... Because I was like, ooh, look, I'm using 64-bit operating system that mm. actually runs, and I... It uh,
2: still takes a gig of your memory to run the operating system.
0: Well, except except uh, my laptops at the time had two gigs.
2: So, <laughs> okay, so that's fair.
0: So, yeah, I also have another laptop in my closet, an uh, Acer Ferrari, uh, but it hasn't run for, like, four years or so. <sighs> All right, all right. Um, and uh, that was like my secondary laptop during college. Uh, Newmont, the school we went to, uh, gives every every student a uh, ThinkPad. Yep. Oh, very nice. At least they did. And uh, did they quit doing that? Uh, I think they still offer them, but I think they opened it up a little bit. Hmm. Like you can bring your own or something. Cool.
1: Because, yeah, those laptops... Charges were ridiculous, three hundred dollars every ten weeks to use them. What? Yeah, that's how much if you read the fees it cost.
0: Three hundred dollars every ten weeks. Just for the laptop itself? Yep. Yeah. So you know that was sort of included with the tuition. So Yeah, but still. Well, I mean, it guaranteed everyone had a laptop, so... Yeah, and then at the end, you could buy it for a dollar. Or, plus tax, which I think was, like, came out to, like, a buck seven or something. Something like that. So, um, yeah, so anyway, it was, like, the first quarter, and I think it was, like, September 2007 or so, that, uh, you know, I installed uh, Vista on my Ferrari... And it surprisingly went pretty well. Granted, it was a little bit slower, but then again, I was running in 64 bits. I was, you know, it had, like, a whole bunch of more stuff on it. So, you know, walking away from, like, six years of optimization on Windows XP, that was sort of expected. Right. So, and, you know, everyone said, oh, it crashes a lot. That laptop never once crashed with Vista.
2: You know, I totally get that. Like, I always hear so many people complain about like Windows. Like, oh, if you want to get blue screens a lot, I'm like, I don't know what you're talking about. I hardly ever get Windows to crash.
0: Yeah, and you know, that was the 64 bit edition. Like, I used it heavily for like a year, never once blue screened. Um, hmm. Compared to Windows XP, <laughs> it would blue screen about once a month hmm Well, that's still
1: better than New Newmont
0: laptops that blue screened every time you plugged it in. <laughs> well, not that bad. <laughs> but it was on the order of about once a week. Yep. I think I finally got him to like switch out the RAM or something and it calmed down. Or maybe Well they, they
1: they they also brought in a technician guy that repaired all the power circuitries in the back end. Yeah. That was fun. <laughs>
0: Yeah, apparently we were like the biggest user of this model. So.
2: <laughs> Crazy.
0: Yep. So. Uh, anyways, uh, oh yeah, Ryan. Uh, sorry about that.
2: Who <laughs> <laughs> so. are having a more interesting conversation than you, Ryan? <laughs> sorry.
0: So, uh, on the topic of uh, changing the href on uh, links in browsers uh changing the href to JavaScript uh and opera not doing that, is it because Opera sucks or because they did it on purpose? I think that matters. <laughs> and I'm this is just me speculating, and I think that they might have thought about this, and if they did, they did it on purpose. I'll be right back. I'm hungry. Alright, watch for cars.
2: <laughs> so he just leaves in the middle.
0: <laughs> Pretty much. So,
2: <laughs> what a professional!
0: So, Ryan says that he never uses the back button ever, Alt Left or Backspace, and I submit to you the fourth or fifth mouse buttons. That would make sense. In fact, like all the browsers I have, do not have forward and back buttons. It's like like address bar and like a few buttons for add-ons. Yeah. Yeah. So, so Chris, do you ever use the the back button on a browser? Uh, well, I, I oh on the browser, absolutely not. So, uh, what do you use instead?
1: Oh, uh, I was thinking of the backspace. I was reading my comment. Yes, I use the backspace a lot. Yeah.
0: Um. Or alternately, well, I, I use the back button a lot, not the backspace. So, um, or let's see, sometimes I don't use the back button. Uh, sometimes I use Control W because I like to open up a lot of tabs. So, closing, well, sometimes that works. <laughs> closing closing the tab effectively goes back.
2: There you, you go. Because <laughs> <laughs> you just open up your next page in a new tab. Mm-hmm. That makes sense.
0: So Ryan says, in Firefox especially, about uh, having too much checkboxes in the uh, options dialogue, um, Firefox has real extensions that implement those checkboxes back in. So, you know, Firefox has plenty of extensions and, uh, you know, there's the about config uh, options as well. And who is frying? Can you close the door, Chris? My roommate
1: cooking as usual.
2: We have a bacon cooking robot on the show now.
0: <laughs> uh, so, uh, so Ryan says yes. A spring break last week. I had midterms, so I was busy. So, but you get feedback this time. So yay! But you have midterms this week too. So. And, uh, Ryan says, uh, maybe let's round up and say every other week. So, and, uh, you know, I'm sort of, you know, become re-acclimated to that in that, uh, uh, at church, there's, a, a student that goes to the local university of Pittsburgh and, you know, pretty much every week I take him home and, uh, You know, sometimes he says, hey, can we get out of here really fast because I need to study or, you know, I need a paper to write or something. And, you know, even if he doesn't, I, you know, say, hey, uh, you want to get out of here fast? You have a midterm or something, right? (laughs) And and he's like, no, but let's do it anyway. (laughs) So...
1: You know, one, that's one thing I'm grateful about being out of college. I can laugh at other people's miseries. <laughs> I totally understand.
0: Yes, we can uh, <laughs> laugh at the misery of PHP and Apple. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, Ryan says that this feedback was composed entirely in Google Keep. And I say, enjoy it while it lasts. <laughs> and watch for cars.
1: <laughs> well, if you want to be on this show please please use the contact thing in the on the show and select the control structure the most awesome show
0: yes uh the most legitimate the first legitimate podcast on the network uh with uh with a specialty in college graduates. Yep. Hello. (laughs) (laughs) So, and don't forget that today is International Backup Awareness Day. So, back Back every day is International Backup Awareness Day. So, back up your stuff every day. So, Kyle, have you backed up today?
2: Oh, you kidding me? Every morning.
0: Good man. So, so, yeah, I got my SkyDrive at 25 gigs. I got the box-free... 50 gig offer that one time, so looks like I'm set. The only thing with boxes is that it's kind of slow, and it has a file limit of like 200, 250 megs or so.
2: Hmm.
0: Well, that's a problem. But, other than that, 50 gigs? So, I don't think that there's any uh, promotion going on right now. But, uh... Yep, and I also have all of the, uh... The Nexus TV podcast in both of them. Mm. So, yeah, you know, this uh, network isn't uh, going to be extinguished anytime soon. I don't know those
1: that one company that decided to sue all the podcasters.
0: Well, even so, the the uh, podcast files will still be around. Mm. So. Besides, that's ridiculous. You know what we should do? We should make a DVD. <laughs> yes, <laughs> and then Perfect. we'll then we'll send it around and be uh, sued into oblivion by the mafia.
3: <laughs>
0: that's the uh, movie and uh, let's see the music and film industry of America. Indeed, that's that's the abbreviation. <laughs> So, um, I guess, uh, you know, you do have a profile on the Nexus TV, uh, I do, Kyle, indeed. So, you can, uh, go ahead and click on our pretty faces on this, uh, podcast page. Bring. So, oh, if only there was video. <laughs> when are you coming out with a video podcast? Uh, I have no idea. I don't, you know, Ryan has threatened this before. And I'm pretty sure that I'll hear from him just by saying this. Uh, But nothing's really happened yet. So, alright.
1: Well, we we, we could always do a video one and just post it on YouTube.
0: Yeah, if we wanted to. So, alright, so I guess that's just about it here. Um, So, yep. I'm not going to be on uh, vacation until next week. So So we'll
1: have one podcast and then you'll leave on vacation for how long?
0: Uh, Well, I'll still be back for the week after. Alright. Alright, so I guess we'll uh, see you next time, so have a good one. See you later. Adios.